Welcome, everybody, to the Lonely TARDIS, your wonderful, wonderful journey through the magical world of time lords and time ladies um, and time and space and everything in between and planets called time, where three wonderful companions come together and talk about all things Doctor who today we will be discussing episode two, part two of Doctor Who Flux, the 13th series slash season for uh, those of us in America of the second run of Doctor Who. Uh, uh, that was an absolute Hello, Q. my name Who, Doctor Who. No. <laughs> War of the Centaurans. Uh, my horrible accent and voice there, uh, that's Dolly. This way is Mr. Marcus Beer, as you can see. Well, hello there, dears. I'm Mrs. Doubtfire. How long my finger gets there. Whoa. And right down there. Not away from me, okay? I've had enough fingers probing me recently. (laughs) Sean Norton. I'm not going to do a voice. Uh, You guys have the voices on Pat. But I will say, I went to bed like... Before the sun went down last night, because you guys slapped the shit out of me so hard last week for looking <laughs> tired. So I'm fucking ready. I'm ready. You look, you look ready. refreshed. I'm refreshed. refreshed my I got about 40 hours of sleep last night, so I'm ready to go. No, oh, I, th- I got four. Tea. So you I started what? this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. I've got to say, uh, Sean, um, you took off that uh, – you took off – your glasses there for put those for glasses back second. on come on no 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 old man yeah. club come on it's not that i i can't i gotta fix i've got a new office and the lighting makes the glare it drives me crazy I see it's okay i just need to zoom the screen and see what porn you're looking at while you talk to us i um you know what i wait wait here here's a close it's those up nudes of, you of, sent me marcus a close-up of sean's of sean's face there it is there's sean's face <laughs> this week <laughs> Wow, oh, wow, Dottie's playing with images and everything. We're getting professional. <laughs> We've got the logo up there as well. Look I mean, at that. Yeah. Yes, you can actually that. take your glasses off, Sean, and pop them up. It is really disconcerting. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, like looking, uh, it's like looking at a Cylon right now. Mm. <laughs> he has to turn it, tilt his head down a little bit. You got to get those non-glare glasses. You know what? Just do it what uh, Marcus and, uh, and I do, which is there is actually no glass in these. It's just the frames. Yes, we just like to look smart, you know? <laughs> well, gentlemen, hello, hello. A beautiful Tuesday evening here in the uh, uh, in the world of Doctor Who, the Hooniverse, the fanatical Hooniverse. It's always great to talk to you, wonderful, wonderful lads. I look like I've got a lampshade gun on my head. Actually, you know right what? That's kind of cool. you got antlers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting festive. Oh, yeah. I need a red nose and I'm good. You usually do become Mr. Christmas uh, around the, you know, soon after the U.S. Thanksgiving. I see that pop out of you. So. Oh, screw U.S. Thanksgiving. It started today. I put the uh, I put the Sirius XM Christmas channel on, Holly. Yeah. And I had, I treated myself to a uh, Starbucks um, peppermint mocha Ooh. coffee. So it there begins. you go. I yeah. love it. I love it. Fancy. I love it. I'm Very fancy. I'm all about that as well. So I'm I'm all about the Christmas spirit. Uh, I don't think there's a Christmas episode of Doctor Who this year, but um, there sucks. is definitely that sucks. There's not a Santa episode, but there's a Santarin episode or Santa. Who writes your material? 
Nobody, and that's the problem. Uh, this the garbage, the garbage that Sean took out earlier. The War of the Centaurians, which we will talk about. Um, quick rundown, uh, just to, re- to remind you. I know it's been a couple of days since you've, you've seen it, or maybe our viewers or listeners have seen it. Uh, the Doctor, at the end of last episode, she gets this crazy crap was happening. Beginning of this episode, she uh, gets split up from her... Um, her uh, partners there. They all go in different time uh, time zones and all around the around the universe. And it's up to the Doctor to survive uh, the war of the Santarans, who have somehow gone back in time and started a war in Crimea uh, with the British. And uh, that's where we, we pick up. Um, uh, overall thoughts about this episode just kind of initial initial thoughts about the episode then we'll kind of get into some more of the more of the details let's start with you today sean because because marcus and i went first last week so i want want to hear your thoughts first on this episode um it's good it's good good. no honestly it was it was fine it was i was just waiting for you to crack your knuckles as well it's like "Mm, it was um the, uh, oh, there it was. Wow, nice and loud. I would say it's probably the best follow-up Chibnall's done. Again, low bar, right? But I thought it was entertaining. I thought, you know, it proved a couple of things that we've always said true. Uh, this version of the Doctor is at her best when she's alone and being the Doctor. I thought Jody did a great job. Um, felt like she finally had some material to be Doctor-like with authority and stuff like that, while also facing down the problems of, um, you know, once again, being a woman in a time where women were not respected and being shooed off the battlefield and had no authority and stuff like that. Um, So I liked that. I thought Dan was charismatic as hell and Mm -hmm. just fun to watch and try to understand what he's saying and is just... He's just a wrong You need the subtitles, don't you, you crazy Americans? You can't do scouts. He's great. And he was sitting in the car with his parents, and he just, if we didn't have the subtitles on, I genuinely would not have known what he said. Did you have subtitles on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I watch most things with subtitles. Walk around with a walk, can I? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. We'll go get him. Um, Yaz was there. The villains were compelling. I thought they were. (laughs) What are you doing? There's that walk. Dally, he's got a professional. It's only taken us what 12 years, 10 years? How long? Yeah. <laughs> 12, 14 years, who knows? Hey, it's a big jump from audio to video. Yeah. Um, I know. it was fun. I thought it was fun. Like, I the bar is so low, and my expectations are so low that it would have it would have had to work to really suck. And I thought it was fun. Um all right, uh, 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 Marcus. What were your thoughts? I mean, I, I want us to kind of go through the go around the table first with uh, our our initial shots, and then we'll we'll go back. Well, I only watched it once. I'm trying this new thing where I'm not um, over analyzing an episode because if you watch it two or three times to talk about it on on this show, I find that I just over analyze it, and I look at the. Um, I look at the plot holes, of which, you know, every episode of Doctor Who has plots, have plot holes. Mm-hmm. Is anybody hearing that noise? Yes. Is that me? I think I'm it's sorry, I'm going to mute myself a sec. 
It's Sean. It's okay. It's yep. Sean, is it? Oh. Okay. There you go. Oh, wow. He really took it to heart. He vanished. Wow. Wow. Oh, we must have, uh, we, yeah, we, we, we embarrassed him. I'm so sorry. It's the, it's the chupacabra of New Jersey or something howling outside his back door. They're coming, they're coming back looking for that garbage that he threw out into the street there. <laughs> it's his glasses <laughs> rattling away on the top of his yeah. head. I was like, what the hell is that? I thought he might have, I've got a picture right behind here. And it's ironically, okay. it's the picture of the, the Van Gogh picture of the TARDIS exploding. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, hang on. No, it was my glasses. My head is hollow, so it, it's really easy to just, yeah. you know, so, there you go. reverberate. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, is it better? Because, is it gone? That's there's a whole different track the... now. <laughs> there's a whole Now it's not like a woodpecker on acid. Yeah. This is perfect. You know what? We'll keep we'll we'll go, we'll roll with it. Hey, we'll look at us rocking the Star Wars. Yeah, I like that. All right, do you have, have a set of like comedy wind up teeth that are just going across your desk? I have nothing else going on. I've turned off everything. There's nothing else here. All right, it's stop now. Yeah. Okay. Strange things afoot in New Jersey. The next season <laughs> of Doctor Who. Next um, time on Doctor Who. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, I've stopped rewatching and rewatching before uh, we we do this, uh, you know, we do the, do this show um, because yeah, I find myself overanalyzing. I find myself uh, not just sure. switching off and trying to enjoy it for what it is, and I really enjoyed it. Two two out of two, um, John Bishop, breath of fresh air. I mean, he's a total Liverpudlian scallywag, um, but it just, you know, just a genuinely decent bloke. I mean, it's like, you know, they give him a walk and he's like, I'm going in and, you know, I'm filming this for the doctor and blah, blah, blah. And um, I thought I, I, you know, I thought there was one bit where there was a Star Wars sort of like homage where. Um, the big dog Chewbacca knockoff through, you know, told him to get down the garbage chute. Um, I mean, literally, if he'd have said "Flyboy," that would have been hysterical. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was fun. It did everything it needed to do. It kept the story, one of you know, the story arc going along. It put some to to one side. It did split everybody up before um, bringing them all back again to, together at the end. Uh, I thought it just. I thought it was just an enjoyable. Episode didn't take itself too seriously, didn't climb up its own ass. Um, I like the Christmas ornament enemies, they are really quite creepy. I hope the reveal mm-hmm. isn't that they, you know, they are a former, you know, um, you know, set of Gallifreyans who decided to, you know, lay under the in uh, the tanning bed for too long. Oh, I'm glad you got that picture up because the guy in the background there, we um, uh, a yeah. friend of mine tweeted out, uh, and it's actually a guy who works for um. TT Games who do the uh, Lego stuff, uh, the Lego games, and he t- tweeted out a link to that mask or a screen grab to that mask that was like on sale for seventeen bucks on Amazon. So the BBC must have blown all its money on the VFX, and we should talk about the quality of the VX- VFX this season because it's been pretty amazing. Um, but it blew through their costume budget too, I'm guessing, as did you know the sparkly ornament people from 1964. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I just thought it was thoroughly enjoyable, thoroughly enjoyable episode. Oh my God, I've gotten old, mellow in my old age. What's wrong with me? 
There's that. There's that message. At this there. rate, I'm going to miss Chibnall. <laughs> no, yep. don't don't go that far. Um, all right, my initial thoughts. Um, you guys saw what I said last week about, um, or you may have heard or viewed that uh, it was a little all over the place. It was like a, what they call it, the shotgun blast, where just just throw everything out there and see what what sort of sticks. Um, uh, things are starting to stick. And uh, I liked this episode. I actually liked this episode. Um, and uh, I was surprised that I was going to like it. Uh, and not necessarily, not, not just because of the, uh, you know, not just because of these guys who are, I got to say, also always a fantastic. The Centaurians, I think, have become my favorite uh, Doctor Who bad guy because they're, um, uh, uh, they bring so much just kind of, I don't want to say relatable, but they're sort of bumbling um, and their design has, has sort of stayed this potato, you know, throughout the years, uh, but a melting potato. Uh, I miss Strax. I miss Strax, but um, I really enjoyed this episode. It was, it was, it was fun. The CGI was, you know, hit or miss in some areas. The shoot obviously was, was kind of out there, but um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, for the first time in a long time, Marcus I, and I and Sean, I think I'm with you guys. It, this it was a really good follow up. I had fun watching it, and I'm again, I'm looking forward to the next episode to see how this story continues. Yeah. Um, in fact, the only quibble I have is that I really could do without um, when the end crawl end credits kick up that they show what's coming next week. Because it totally spoils any cliffhanger ending. It really does. I mean, it's like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? Is Yaz going to get out of this? And then next week, um, there's Yaz. Totally (laughs) got out of it. I mean, it's just, it's too much. I mean, I have the same problem with MCU end credits sequences now. I am just sick with the, you know, just sick of the whole um, unable to build a mystique because apparently we're such a, uh, um, you know, short attention span race that we have to have that hook for next week or otherwise we will totally forget what's going to happen. As opposed to, you know, starting next week with a recap. I'm down with the recap. You know, bring everybody up to speed. Not tease everybody. It's a fucking TV show. Teasers for TV (laughs) shows is just ridiculous. I mean, there's a new Stranger Things one and I like threw my hands up in the air. I'm like, why? Just release the damn show already. You've already got people hyped for it. Stop doing this stuff. Marketing people are stupid. <laughs> I'm glad I don't know anybody who's in the marketing or PR. Um, I didn't say PR. PR people are genius. <laughs> marketing people are stupid. Marketing people are stupid. Uh, also, as Sean noted, shout out to uh, Dan Starkey, um, who, was, who plays Strax, but he was filled in this episode. So one of the one of the great uh Hey, you gotta have your Welsh sounding potato heads. Yeah, yes, yes. I am yes. Strax Sunday. I will rock I will rip you asunder and I will feast upon your bones on the battlefield. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> have a lovely day. It's so great how it's uh, you do a great job, by the way. Um but oh, it, well, it's, right. it's it's <laughs> you might be a, a yeah, a centaurin. Um no, I think it's uh uh it, feel free to jump in, Sean. What I'm think, what I I've been noticing with this episode, and it's that whole big thread of the um, the flux with uh, uh, 
which is uh, Swarm and Azure. They're sort of like the obviously they're guiding this whole this whole season. Um, I was curious how they were going to pull off one-off episodes through here because Doctor Who, up until now these th- these last few years, you know this 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 run has been about Monster of the Week, and they had it with the Centaurians this week, but they managed to. I kind of felt like they managed to tie it in because the only reason the Centaurians right now have access to flip around back and forth in time and, and cause havoc and not care is because the, uh, the flux is, is, is happening. Um, and so I thought that was actually a really good way to kind of pull some of these, these, uh, these monsters of the week uh, ideas in there, but I love that little pyramid triangle. I think the priestesses is kind of an interesting concept. Um, but I'm still curious as to what, uh, who, Swarm and uh, Azure are, and I think Sean, you might have some theories as to how they might they might tie in, right? Yeah, it's still clicking the chat. That you put it's, it's not clicking. Still, it's not clicking. It's not clicking. There's okay. nothing I rattling think, around inside your skull. <laughs> I think it was pulling audio for some reason from the cam. I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad it's fixed. I'm sorry about that. Um, before that, Marcus, remind me from back in the day. Santarin's always capable of time travel, or is this a special temporal thing? Because of because they said their temporal psychics or whatever saw the flux coming, and well, they've, they've I don't know, I really don't know. I mean, the one you're asking somebody who's borderline senile anyway, um, but I'm yeah, but I'm, you're also a walking Hoovian encyclopedia, so it's kind of like... yeah, unfortunately, this 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 encyclopedia is so in need of, a, of an overhaul. On an update, uh, as not that I can remember, but let's face it, the garlic, the, the, the garlics, the garlics can time travel. The, gar- the garlics, the Cybermen. Um, I mean, it makes sense that you know, with Gallifrey allegedly gone again, um, and you know, the Time Lords wiped out. There's probably a bunch of Tardises around that uh, have allowed you know people to get through. Time, but I mean, it's also the flux. The flux is a temporal event as well as yeah. a universe-ending event. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they perhaps figured out a way to do to send their ships. It is very, very interesting. Um, it's as a, I think as a perhaps as a one-off. Um, I think it works. I mean, if we're going to get every single bad guy going, oh, I've got a time ship now, um, yeah. and off they go. It's like, oh. We're gonna, you know, every episode's gonna of Doctor Who is gonna be the baddie of the week invading Earth earlier in the time frame because they can. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not overanalyzing. That's the thing. I'm not overanalyzing, and I'm fine with him messing around with little bits of stuff because that's what, that's what um, Russell T. Davis did. That's what uh, Moffat did. I mean, you know, they've all evolved it. It's just when they go way too far and really sort of like throw cannon out the window. That, to mm-hmm. me, is irksome, hence the timeless child debacle. I know I hate to, to mention that. Uh, well, but I, I have a feeling you'll be mentioning it plenty before mm. we're done. But um, no, I have no problem with it. I was just curious if this is a new thing, if it's a flux thing and a one-off thing. Maybe um, we'll find out. Maybe maybe they will go the Russell T. Davis uh, route, and we will never find out. We'll never get the payoff. Yeah, maybe. You know, uh, let's face it. Uh, the, the tradition of Doctor Who blue balls is strong in the uh, in the writers and the showrunners. <laughs> yeah. 
it would be interesting because he's he's a lot of modern who especially lately spends a lot of time on earth for a all of time and space uh you know creature but it'll be interesting because there was a line where um swarm is that our big bad uh christmas woman's name yep he says to Yaz, like, he's never understood why the doctor is always picking humans and why he picks you, she picks you, and all this other stuff. So it would be interesting if this temporal situation is also sort of being driven towards Earth as a way to mess with the doctor or humans throughout, you know, wherever wind up Earth 2 or future Earth or future planets wind up. Um, but yeah, otherwise it can get a little bit boring if you end up continually going, oh, now it's Earth in the 1860s. Now it's Earth in the 1400s. Now it's Earth, you know, 10,000 BC. Ha-ha. It's a big universe. But if okay, this is so, specifically um, a baddie that's trying to mess with the Doctor's favorite species, I like that. I think that's cool. In so the Sontarans, um, just to go back to your point, season 11 of OG uh, Doctor Who, the time, and I remember, I, I now remember this because I actually think I have the book. Um, there was time travel. Okay, there was time travel. Um, in um, see the see season eleven, uh, serial one. It was uh, set in the thirteenth century in England. Um, yeah, hang on, let's see. Uh, scientists started to go missing in the twentieth century. The doctor is called in by the brigadier to investigate. And it's the, it's the first episode, or one of the first Sarah Jane episodes, I think. Uh, his investigators lead him to deduce they're being kidnapped through time, and he sets off in pursuit, unknowingly kidnapping journalist Sarah Jane Smith in the process. Um, arriving in the Middle Ages, the Doctor and, uh, and Sarah find themselves caught up in the machinations of the robber Baron Iron and his Man from the Stars, an alien called, a Santaran alien called Lynx. Who's arming him with modern weapons in return to help uh, for helping him repair his damaged ship? And um, yeah, so there you go. So Santarans have had them since uh, since at least 1973. Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Well, God bless Tardis.fandom.com. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we do know Chibs is a is a lore nerd for better and yeah. for worse, mostly for worse. For and us. messing with but... the lore. Yeah, and for worse. Um, cool. No, I thought it was cool. I, I'm going to follow Marcus's lead. I'm not going to nitpick this week. I'm just going to yeah. enjoy and talk about the stuff we liked. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, the Big Bad's power is interesting. Do we think that they're just, they have this sort of like disintegrating touch? Or do we think they've got something time-based and they're actually erasing down to like the tiniest molecules when they get rid of and evaporate these people and pyramid AI things? I think we'll find out if they're actually evaporating them, I think probably at the end of the season because it wouldn't put it past me for Chibnall to do what RTD did um, back in season one where um, the doctor thought that... (laughs) Was it Rose was uh, disintegrated, but it was. Uh, but she was literally she was taken by a transmat beam uh, at mm-hmm. the end of that first season, Bad Wolf mm-hmm. to the to the Dalek ship, and he thought she had been disintegrated after the end of the was it the weakest link episode? Remember that episode? Oh yeah. Oh jeez, gosh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, 
horrible. So, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, are they really being destroyed or, you know, um, are they being sent somewhere else? Um, Yeah, I I just... The one thing I did notice from this episode is that I've got a sneaking suspicion that that, that Vinda, um, who's obviously who's the guy who played uh, Grey Worm from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I think he's set up to be Yaz's exit route from the TARDIS, probably well, at the end of the season, yeah. Uh, yeah. with regards to a potential love interest or something, or she goes off to you know follow a you know, good travel the galaxy with him, righting wrongs. Um, after at the end of this season, they just just get this feeling that it's uh, it's happening the way they've they've thrown those two together and the looks they're giving each other, even though they've only just met. And you know, maybe it's me just being old man, but uh, and reading shit into something that uh, I shouldn't. But yeah, I just think that, that we might be looking at the end of Yaz's uh, stint on the TARDIS sooner rather than later because we know this guy hasn't joined as a permanent sidekick; he's just here for the season. Mm-hmm. You think they'll write her out before the specials? Well, it wouldn't be the first time you remember the David Tennant specials. Um, yeah, right. You know, right. We, we, we he lost uh, Donna Noble uh, the do- to the Doctor Donna, and then we went off to the Waters of Mars, um, the one with the bus in the desert, and then uh, we ended up with uh, the Sound of Drums. I think uh, those were the. Well, I think it was Sound of Drums, but anyway, the two parter yeah, yeah, yeah. and the end of time. Um, so it wouldn't be the first time, and that allows the doctor to really sort of like, you know, it gives it gives the writer a chance to focus on just the doctor. But I mean, it just depends on John Bishop and Dan. I mean, I really hope that he stays. God, he's um, awesome. I hope we get him for a couple of seasons because he's really, really good. He's just I'm, so I'm actually not so he's so likable, but I'm not sold on him yet. I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to need. I need to see him in. Um, a pink song, maybe, possibly, possibly. Okay. No, a, a sense of it, 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 and, Okay, let me rephrase that. We haven't had someone on the show who's just a genuinely nice, likable person as the Doctor's companion, and that's why, like you know, we all like Donna Noble. We like you know, there are characters that we act. We uh, that was Donna's grandfather. We, I mean, there are Wilf. folks that we will. We've and we've, also Grandpa, who got Graham, written out yeah. last year. That guy was, oh, yeah, Graham, was pretty Graham. Graham. Yeah. Graham. Yeah. I think he was. There was more of the. He was like an elder state, elder statesman style, likable, where you respected him. You know, a lot. Uh, meanwhile, Dan is. Uh, he's goofy, and I want to hang out with him. Type of type type of like. I, I want Dan to come to all of my parties, type of thing. Um, but. Uh, but you don't so like I, that. You you don't, you'd rather him be an asshole. No 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 no, not at all. I I just haven't seen this type of uh, character interaction on Doctor Who before with someone like that who's he's naive, he's likable. Uh, you're kind of cheer for him, but then at the same time you're like, I, there's a, the le- level of naivete in him is just enough to be like, uh, you know, don't. Don't throw that at the Centaurians because they're going to shoot you. But you know, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm I'm waiting and seeing with with Dan. Perhaps next episode will be will be better. I, I do think both of you guys have touched on this though. In that uh, Jody by herself, when the focus is on her, really does excel at um, 
at being, uh, you know, at, at being her doctor. Like this is where when we're actually seeing her as the doctor and not as a part of a quote unquote team, which was always the problem before was she had to, she was being forced to interact with three, four, five other people at a time on the screen. And she was never the smartest person on there because, you know, she was part of that team in the moments where she's by herself, especially in this episode uh, and even last episode, she really has excelled at the character. And it's a bummer to me because I would have loved to see more of this than what they sort of force fed us the first two seasons that she was, you know, she was on. I want to see her by herself and solving problems and letting her character and her buildup, you know, come out. But uh, maybe we'll have well, to. They had this whole thing about fam. And that was just, yeah, it was. I mean, we know the doctor gets lonely and wants to travel with people because when the doctor is traveling with humans, because humans are her favorite species, yeah. um, she is grounded by the humanity. I mean, there's that um, that episode, oh, that that quote and that that end scene from the Waters of Mars, where it's like, you know, Time Lord triumphant. And the mm -hmm. doctor's gotten a little cocky about, you know, doing whatever the hell he wants. TARDIS is gone. Uh, sorry, Gallifrey is definitely gone. And he's traveling by himself. And, you know, it's this grounded thing. But I just think they took it too far. I mean, Russell T. Davis, and I hate to hop back to him all the time. So we know we'll talk about him next year. But he managed to hit the sweet spot with what we call like the kitchen sink drama, mm -hmm. where it is, you know, it brings in the family. It brings in... The you know the the um, characters on the perimeters, um, and you do get a sense of family with Doctor Who and you know and whoever he's traveling yeah. with. We've had this since you know since episode one of William Hartnell's tenure, but it was almost as if Chibnall tried too hard and tried to make it too um, too super relevant to to the current world. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about the diversity of the cast. Love the diversity of the cast. That's fantastic. But it was just a little too much. It, it tried too hard. It didn't feel, it's never felt organic. Mm -hmm. This time around, with Yaz being not so much um, of a fish out of water or, a, you know, she's certainly not helpless. And she never has been. I mean, she's a, you know, police officer. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and she's a strong, you know, she's a strong person anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels this time around that there are two, I mean, let's face it, no more than two people in the TARDIS with the doctor right. or anything that should be the rule. Um, uh, but it, there's enough difference between the two people, the two, the two companions, if you will, that it creates an interesting dynamic. And yeah, I am so interested to find out what goes on with John Bishop's character, um, with Dan. Um, and I hope to get to see, we get to see him with the next Doctor, um, because I think Russell T. Davis could have some fun with him, uh, especially if we are going back to this expanded Hoovers, because could you imagine Captain Jack walking in and flirting with with Dan? Oh, geez, he, wouldn't yeah. which, he wouldn't know which way to turn, because, you know, he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's an older chap, and, um, you know, he's a this working class ladder. I'm not saying that he's, he would be homophobic in any way, shape or form, but you know, that sort of reaction might actually be some comedy gold uh, if handled correctly, of course. But uh, yeah, I, I really hope that we don't have the same thing happen to Dan as we did happen to um, the doctor's 
companions in the last uh, Capaldi season where we had um, oh shit, what's her name? Capaldi's last season. Uh, she was fantastic too. Uh, yeah. With Matt Lucas. I mean, Matt Lucas. Oh my God. Phil Mackey. Thank you. Phil Mackey. Yes. Phil Mackey and Matt Lucas. Thank you. I literally had to picture, (laughs) I follow her on Twitter. I had to picture the Twitter page and and read it. So yeah, Phil Mackey and Matt Lucas who had this great, again, chemistry in that they were totally different individuals. Um, and that's that's what makes the doctor the mm-hmm. doctor doctor great. So, you know, hopefully that'll continue. I, Sorry, I, I completely ramble. agree. No. No, it's good. Um, it's good rambling. Rambling's good. Um I was uh where do you think this is going with the flux? <clears throat> I wanted to touch on that because I'm not well tied into that too. What the hell's going on with the TARDIS? Yeah, malfunctioned, didn't it? Right. They did more than that. It malfunctioned. It came back. It's covered in black goo. There's weird black spirals growing out of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I All actually, the different I mean, doors at different angles. Mm-hmm. It's just that TARDIS be hung over. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I did find get all that, that poison out from the big <laughs> night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did find that the name of the planet Time was a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Eh. That was it an, was really uh, in your that face. That was an eye roller. Yeah, yeah uh, that was that was an eye roller. But yeah, I mean, what in, it, it's interesting, uh, you know, where they actually are. How the, the the you know the flux the flux is obviously a temporal event that is screwing with TARDIS because the TARDIS is a very time sensitive thing. And um, you know, the fact that we kicked off the episode with the cloister bell running uh, ringing, and mm-hmm. the Doctor couldn't get in because the TARDIS had locked her out because some shit was going on in there, and the, and the TARDIS was feeling kind of poorly. Um, that was great. Um, you know, can we talk about the the, the cast in the uh, the Crimea War episode and yeah. you know that, oh, that gosh, picture yeah. you just shared yeah. with us, Dali? I mean, the picture yeah, of the quote. Yeah. Um, that was. Um, I don't know if you put that on screen yet, but I I, I recommend you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just you know it, it seems to come together, and uh, I'm not thinking too far ahead. I'm not thinking too far ahead. That's why I'm, I was irked when, unfortunately, I saw the, uh, the the trailer for next week. But yeah, that is, I mean, that is, that's perfect. I that mean, was, that, that was, yeah. That threw me back to David Tennant's very first special where, um, you know, we had Torchwood for the first time and the Sycorax were destroyed. Remember? Yeah. Um, as they retreated. And we know that's a no-no for the Doctor. You, uh, No matter what they've done, you don't destroy people as they are retreating or en- enemies or creatures or whatever. So I thought that was that was actually a nice throwback that worked because it just throw, it showed this a strain of DNA running through the Doctor that that's a no-no. Um, so, Dali, you, I, I touched on this initially and you actually said something about the VFX. And um, as I said last week, for the first time, I'm watching it on the AMC Plus app uh, and I'm watching it in 4K. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, the VFX this time around for Doctor Who, the VFX look amazing. I mean, the Sontaran ships look great. The battlefields look amazing. Um, you know, seeing um, the 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 Mersey dockyards because the River Mersey is the um, 
the river where uh, it used to be one of the busiest seaports in the world back in the uh, 1800s. It was like the number one for you know sending British steel all over the world. Um, but yeah, seeing what they'd done to the Mersey, where you had these things burrowing and being built, and then yeah, and then seeing the, the you know they'd gone to the traditional Welsh quarry in the middle of nowhere to you know that that uh, stood in um, for the battle location, and you saw all those ships, and then the physical sets looked great as well. I mean, we we did have a laugh at Dog Guy, and Dog Guy yeah. is still funny. Um, it really does, like I said, it reminds me of. Bob I've got it. From- I've, I've, yes, he does, and I've got to say, he and Dan together make a fantastic team. Yeah, I mean, I literally, really I, do I, they are excellent. The, the one I thing would... I will predict by the end of this series is that um, Dan will rub his belly because uh, he's a good boy. <laughs> uh, I'd watch a spinoff with those two, like a short, yeah, limited run spinoff series. I'd watch that. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I just, I'd rather keep Dan in Doctor Who. I really would. Um, and just you know, bring this other character in now and again because I mean apparently there's at least seven billion of them who are trying uh, attached to their humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I said, and I'd love to know your thoughts on the VFX and what you think of it because it's just this this season is just looking like they've upped the ante. They've condensed everything down six episodes and really mm-hmm. pushed the boat down. Yep, I think okay. that's helping. Getting down to six episodes is and letting Chibnall. I hate to, I'm saying it weirdly, but letting Chibnall let the story run the full six instead of the monster of the week, I think is, is doing him justice and keeping it to six is preventing stuff from getting way out of hand. uh, As we've seen happen in the past with, you know, with Moffat did that a few times, more than a few times and Chibnall did it a lot. So I, 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 um, I do like bloat. Yes, it is exactly, and I would love to see, uh, in instead of as much as I love Doctor Who and and having like twelve episodes in a row, two six episode stints per year could be kind of nice for for Doctor Who because then you can tell that full story, and if something just doesn't click, you know that it was okay. It was only six episodes, or you can you can get away from it. So this could be a good cadence going forward. I feel. And it gets I back think, to what how Doctor Who originally started, right, Marcus? Well, I mean, this the the, the story actually arcs were four to six episodes, yeah. And you'd have something like four to six of those a season. A season. Yeah. The yep. seasons went on for like 30, 30 odd, or even forty weeks a year. Mm-hmm. I'd actually be happy with six super tight episodes of Doctor yep. Who a year plus a Christmas special. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the way we're scared, you know, think we're scaling back. I honestly think this might be a positive of. Uh, knock on from uh, the, the Netflix effect or the Disney Plus effect. Yeah. Because we did talk about, and you know, we've talked in, you know, uh, in, in Twitter DMs and in texts about how, oh, wouldn't it be great if uh, Disney Plus picked up Doctor Who? And mm-hmm. given these first two episodes and the VFX and the production values, dog boy aside, Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I actually think that the, the you know these two episodes show that they don't need Disney Plus. Point. They don't need Netflix. It's like um, they're feeling the effect of Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO, and they're saying, um, you know, they're saying that uh, we can comp- we have to keep up with them because we don't want to be purchased by them. Now, I, I think what you're saying is 
is right on point. They feel the heat from these other services. It's actually forcing them to raise their game up a bit. Yeah, talk. Yeah. I, I like history the, our just private chat is fantastic, by the way. I just the dog boy is perfect. I dog will not tolerate, and he is a perfect boy. Hey, perfect look, I'm a dog boy. person. I mean, but look, before I and I, I'm gonna just say this one thing. Do you not remember um, David Tennant's uh, first episode uh, after the after his Christmas special? Where they went to New New York and they met mm-hmm. the cat lady, the cat nuns. Oh yeah, those cat nuns looked much better than Dog Boy. I'm just saying, there's an anti-dog bias going on in Doctor Who costuming. They need to work on it. Uh, I don't know what dogs have done to the, to, to, to those people to piss them off. Uh, it's not acceptable. Dog dog rights matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Why are you laughing? You know I'm a dog person. Don't make me go get spite. Oh, yeah. Um, I also think it might just be, I think it's a combination of things. It's a gorgeous show now. Um, Mm -hmm. The FX have caught up to the grand ideas. I I think it could be a combination, like you're saying, the the shorter series, the, um, and the fact that, like, history, like, it's not as hard for an, it's still hard, but it's not as hard for like a, a company like the BBC 10 years ago with technology the way it is and visual stuff the way it is to do what they've been behind the eight ball for doing for so long. So sure. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, they're in such a weird spot. We talked about it last week. You know, Marcus had a great breakdown of, of, you know, um, bad wolf taking over production and the government under funding them and everything like that. But I don't know. I don't know that they feel the heat so much as they just, mm-hmm. They just finally caught up to where everybody was three, four, five years ago. But oh, I think they're feeling the heat. I mean, given the yeah. the climate and the political climate back in the UK, obviously, because I do tap into that stuff because I read the Guardian and I, I look at a lot of other sites that are talking about you know BBC and government interference and all that sort of stuff. Um, that's why they've signed this production deal with with, with Bad Wolf. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, they I guess I just to, mean sorry. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if this is the same budget that they they would normally use on a ten to twelve episode season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't get why now all of a sudden they would just be like, "All right, dump it into the visuals. We got to get Doctor Who looking great." Like they're not selling Doctor Who. I mean, it's still oh, like they a are. flagship. But, <laughs> they, but, I mean, they are. Not, I mean, like, they are selling it around the world. I mean, but they do yeah, have but but they already have those deals, right? Like I, I don't know. I, it's just. I mean, that's I the thing. Know. I'm guessing we could be looking at reups. Uh, it's time to re-up on those Maybe. global deals. Maybe, um, yeah. you know, I mean, we know yeah, that BBC, uh, was it Netflix? Oh, sorry, HBO Max has all the uh, new Who episodes and they're devouring content from the UK. Um, Do they have we know that uh, Peacock, which is owned by Comcast, um, which also owns Sky in the UK, has a huge... Uh, oh, do they? Oh, wow. Yeah. They have a whole bunch of British content tucked away there, and they have uh, they, they have stuff as exclu- exclusives. We know Netflix, uh, you know, is uh, is looking, you know, acquires all uh, all sorts of things. And it wouldn't surprise me that if there are some deals coming up, like for example, the AMC deal, if that that partnership is coming to an end um, soon, that. This is like, okay, we have six episodes. We're condensing it. We're going all out and we're bringing in the big guns next year with Russell T. Davis and we're bringing in Bad Wolf because we're about to pitch this, you know, to Netflix. It's like it airs sure. on BBC America as it always does. 
but then all the episodes go to Netflix or they, you know, maybe the only place you can get it is HBO Max. I mean, that's the state of the world. And these, these companies are so, uh, you know, so um, hungry for content that it would, it would make a lot of fiscal sense and put a lot of money, especially if we're looking at the expanded Hoover's returning and whether it be Torchwood, whether it be a Don and the Noble series or um, Strax and Vastra, who knows? Uh, I'm sure they've got a huge, a huge amount of plans. Um, just don't partner with fucking Showtime. <laughs> Miracle Day. I still, stars. I, I still stars. get stars. 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 It was stars. 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 Okay. Yeah. HBO doesn't have. I guess they'll get it when it's done. They don't have the current run yet. They don't have these last two episodes. No, no they, they have. They have it up until they have the previous seasons. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess I mean we'll see. I and then it's also like you were saying too with the the potential. There's those rumors that Sony might buy Bad Wolf. So true. who knows yeah. how that would complicate the deal and everything else. So um, you can have Bad Wolf and Bad Robot working on on uh, projects together. Um, uh, uh, no, you know no, what? No JJ no, no, Abrams. No JJ no, Abrams. Please. No. Uh, no, you know one no, thing. No. I, I no. do want to say one thing that's kind of interesting because um, they. There's all kinds of timey-wimey stuff happening right now uh, this season, right? There's Centaurans have taken over what used to be Russia and parts of China and Mongolia. Um, there's all kinds of stuff happening all over the place. The The flux feels like I – f- I feel like it's leading to the end of the season, everything gets undone. Right, all the – like the uh, the Centaurans, everything you know gets gets wiped back away. Uh, and I've had that. There's that part inside of me that says, if uh, Swarm and uh, Azure are related to the Timeless Child, and you have this planet time, and the Flux is able to, uh, you know, delete and readjust time, and everything is kind of floating around these realities, I I just have that feeling that we're going to get some Timeless Child undoing potentially, um, or at least. Uh, I don't want to call it like a Thanos snap, but um, a, a sort of undoing of all the, uh, you know, some of the time events that maybe didn't go over so well. At least this season, undoing all the stuff that's happening, obviously, Centaurans, because they're not going to leave Centaurans in Russia anyways. But, um, uh, you know, there, I think there could be some really interesting potential ramifications. And I'd love to see the Doctor in the specials, which are what they said, two or three or whatever specials coming after this season. Um I'd love to see the specials sort of three. tackle three. Okay, tackle the last few remnants of whatever the flux was, you know, across different different points in time. But I think there's there's some potential with this with this plot. So just to touch back on that bad wolf thing. Um, so they uh, Sony is looking to buy out um, the minority stake. Uh, in um, in Bad Wolf Studio, that's owned by um, HBO. Would you believe? Because mm. apparently, I mean, this is and this is kind of new to me. I didn't realize that this was actually the case. The shows, um, A Discovery of Witches, Industry, The Night of, which was obviously huge on HBO, and His Dark Materials, um, were all done by Bad Wolf. Um, so yeah, they. They've been very busy. I mean, they have they have offices obviously in Cardiff and here in LA. So maybe I'll go look for a job from, from them. 
Um, they said that uh, you know even if they get acqu- uh, acquired, they are not um, leaving Wales, which is obviously fantastic. I'm guessing they're you know a huge employer there. Um, but yeah, the um, the prospect the prospect of of, of uh, bad robot uh, and JJ Abrams getting his hands on any of that stuff was just that that, that terrifies me more than Steven Spielberg being involved <laughs> in Doctor Who. Can Can I ask a quick question? Uh, yeah. I'm going to. Um, hey, what was this? Thank you. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I have no earthly idea. It was there and gone. But I'm sure we'll see it again. Episode, I can open the episode. Have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Mm-hmm. Once or 20 times, yeah. Well, uh, do you remember the uh, box art for Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. Go look at it. Yeah, it does kind of look like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember thinking that as well, wondering what the hell it was. And, um, I mean, we've, you know, we know that there are threads running through this all the way through, and I'm guessing we'll see that in a, in a forthcoming episode. I hope it's not a one and done. Um, so, Marcus, yeah. your encyclopedia brain again. Does the name uh, Lung Barrow mean anything to you? Lung Barrow or Long Barrow? Lung, L-U-N-G. Lung Barrow. There's some fun fan theories about it being something called Lung Barrow, but it's from a long time ago. <clears throat> oh, here we go. A creepy house. Uh, um... It's a Doctor Who novel that was uh, written for um, the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. It was released in 1997. Um, K9's involved. Leela's in it. Uh, Romano is in it. The House of Lungbarrow uh, in the southern mountains of Gallifrey. Something momentous happening there, but the house has inexplicably gone missing. Hmm. Uh, so obviously it's uh, because it's a book, there's no imagery for it. Sure, but would the House of Lungbarrow look like that? Maybe. Well, it does look kind of dilapidated. But what we've seen of Gallifreyan architecture uh, all the way through these uh, these seasons um, since the reboot, nothing looks like that. It would be a deep cut. I mean, cut. if you look at the middle, the middle one that you shared, Dali, the middle one. Yeah, actually looks like a hand. Take a look at that middle one. Let me pop that one. It does kind of look at that. It look like a hand. Yeah, yeah. Let me it looks like it. a hand so, reaching up out of the ground. And maybe it's because I watched the Eternals last week that, uh, and it's kind of <laughs> in my eyes. But yeah, that looks like a. If you look at it, this, yeah, that could be a that could be a hand. It's a cool design. I've got to say, either way, it's actually oh, a really cool yeah, design. It could be so a hand. I got the sense yeah. it was a bunch of houses or house shrinking. Oh. Some dimensional wibbly wobbly stuff going on, but higgledy piggledy stuff. Yeah. Higgledy piggledy. I don't know. Well, I think it's cool to... to shrink in this season. Obviously, um, Dan's house shrinks in the right. in season uh, in episode one. I don't know. I I think there's a lot of theories about these deep cuts from the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, the middle mm-hmm. run of the Doctor and stuff, but it would be foolish to not at least consider that this is going to be Chibs and just be like, that was the house the Timeless Child was raised I on was just Galfrey adopted that. her and she changed the course of the entire universe and whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been better than the one that, uh, was it 
Capaldi was raised in, apparently, because remember that episode where the shack right. in the desert, the shack in the desert, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we went from the purple mount, uh, the, the the purple grass on the the musical mountains or whatever the hell they were, to a shack in the desert. The little Gallifrey child who's going to be too cowardly to grow up to be a time lord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's scared of the monsters under his bed. Well, gentlemen, I'm not afraid of any monsters, but uh, I am old, and uh, I'm afraid of falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> Regularly afraid. What of was the what was the name? Really, really quick. What was the name of the um, the doctress, the the figure from history who was helping out with the soldiers? Oh, um, it was uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Seacole, Mary Seacole. Seacourt. So, I think it was Seacourt, wasn't it? Seacole. 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 She's an oh, she's okay. an actual. Uh, uh, British Jamaican like served on the front line, set up a hospital like the during the Crimean War. Yeah, during the Crimean War. Yep, very so, cool story. I want to call that out because it was interesting when she first showed up. Val and I were both pulled out of it. Like we we were both just like this is of all the crazy and this is saying something in a sci-fi show. Of all the people that showed up, she just felt like somebody who was like trying really hard to act. Like she pulled us mm-hmm. out of the story. We just didn't buy it. Like we just felt like it was somebody playing a character. And I gotta say, by the end, all in. Like, big fan. Thought her performance got way better. Thought she was a great, like, one episode companion for the Doctor. Thought she was a great antithesis to that stupid dude soldier guy who wound up getting everybody killed. I thought that was cool. I don't know anything about her from history, so I'm actually intrigued to look up more about her. But um, assuming it, you know, I, I I don't know. I thought I thought they did a good job with her by the end. So I thought, yeah, that, I no, thought that was a nice touch for the story. Definitely, definitely, definitely. About out a bunch of potato um, soldiers. So, and well, I was going to ask out of uh, out of five potato soldiers, how much would you give? Uh, do we even we want not, ratings anymore? We're not doing that. We're not we're ranking. We're, we're not ranking this. this. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, we're gonna, instead we're of ranking get, it, yeah. I will say my it has continued to hold my interest, and I was entertained. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. Uh, surprisingly. Still holding my interest through uh, through a couple episodes, which I haven't been able to say through Chibnall's years so far. But um, um, either way, the only thing we've been able give it to up hold for this style, give it up yeah. for the Christmas ornament style. I love it. Uh, let's. I want to get I'm the so, I am intrigued. Them pointy shoulders. I am and that weird butler walking... in the background. <laughs> He's walking. Oh my god! See, it looks like see a rejected that. skeleton mask yeah. from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> what is? Oh, what is man. it? Uh, coral. It's like. Walking cold. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. It's been a while since we've had an enemy like this that wasn't the master mm-hmm. that had just completely is owning the doctor in every encounter they have, and mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I'm yeah terrified of where One it's going, ahead, but man. I think it's cool right now. So, and I didn't watch the preview. So how will the doctor get out of this? We'll find <laughs> out on the next episode of Doctor Who, which we will cover. On the next episode of The Lonely TARDIS. We should also talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I'm going to go see it on Friday. Oh, you lucky. Yeah, lucky. Is it this week it's coming up? I think so. I hope so. Otherwise, I I want to be very stupid in the cinema. I will see it as well. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff we should You know what? We could could do a fun little one-off of Ghostbusters, Eternals, and maybe anything else that's uh, that's popping up as well. Um, Dune, which was phenomenal. Gents, it's a, a total pleasure, as usual, to chat with uh, chat with you guys and talk Doctor Who, because it's it's genuinely genuinely a blast, genuinely a blast.
Oh, it's actually not this week. It's next week. It's November nineteenth. Uh, oh, nineteenth. Okay. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Ruiner. Ruiner, Sean. Um, Wouldn't it be great to, if Paul Rudd appeared in an episode of Doctor Who? If you want us to talk about a timeless child, there's a friggin' timeless <laughs> child for you. I mean, it does I'm not change. He um, he was in a Halloween, I think, like The Curse of Michael Myers. His first really? screen appearance was in the Halloween uh, the Halloween sequel. I think it was probably like Halloween 4, The Curse of Michael Myers. And you look yeah. at him. And he looks the same. And then he was in Friends for <laughs> the final season as Phoebe's yeah. boyfriend. And he looks the same. And you just watch him all the way through. I mean, that guy's made a deal with the devil. He absolutely it's, it, he, it's Benjamin Button, just like in reverse with, uh, with him. He's getting younger and younger. Uh, Marcus, where can we? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in the usual spot at Annoy Gamer, and you can uh, find me on the YouTubes and the uh, the the Twitch. I, I am Beer on Twitch, and then uh, just search for Marcus Beer on uh, YouTube, and you'll find my weekly stream that I now do on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, depending on when the soccer's on TV. It's fantastic, fantastic. The football, as one might say, the footy. The footy, the footy. Sean. Where can you we could find go you? see? Um... Clifford the Big Red Dog while you wait for Ghostbusters. Oh, I don't know, Sean. I'm looking at your text. I'm looking at Gustbusters. Gustbusters sounds like a good I was like, frantic, I was like you need to know it's not you, opening. You need if there's to something know. weird in your bowels now, who are you going to call? Gustbusters. <laughs> you can find Sean throwing uh, the trash out also with his typos. You keep making uh, that reference. That was before the show started. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Oh, they do not talking about you. We just we, before you came on, we put your address up and picture of you basically out there in your t-shirt and uh, you we know doxed you. going we full doxed Winnie you. the Pooh, just a t-shirt, taking out your taking out your trash in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> At Sean Norton, S H A U N N O R T O N on the Twitters and probably other places. Nobody looks right. and I don't use anymore. Uh, and of course at Dolly Demovsky, which is Does anybody have a TikTok? I put I posted my first TikTok. I posted my first TikTok today or last night. How does so it work excited. with TikTok? I mean, explain it to me. I mean, is it do you can you do like do you have to do something stupid to do a TikTok? No, or do no, you can you just sort of like just I posted Taffy. And I'm not kidding when I say I, I posted Taffy. There you go. You can do that. Oh just nice. do that video. That's there's your TikTok right there. You can find us at Lonely Tardis all over the place. Uh ooh. Uh, oh <laughs> I love that it's a picture of uh, I'm just got hey, it's mug. a beer mug. Bye, everybody. We'll see you in the next episode of The Lonely Tardis. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.